This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast, episode number 61. In this episode, the moms catch you up on what they've been doing lately and share three new day-in-the-life interviews, including one homeschooling dad. <laughs> mom, where's my glasses? Honey, where's my glasses? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And And we're we're Savvy Homeschool Moms. So Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chat? 40 minutes, 20 seconds. And what have you guys been up to since the last time we recorded? Well, uh, it's been... Mostly pretty uneventful, at least around the holidays, it was pretty uneventful, <laughs> uh, which which I like. I like uneventful holidays. I don't, we don't have a super stressful running around crazy holiday season normally, and I like it that way. <laughs> so that was nice. Our Christmas season was, was, was pretty nice. And um, the kids, well, when we were doing schoolwork, when it wasn't Christmas break, we, the kids stayed pretty, pretty well on top of their schoolwork for the most part so that was nice that was kind of weird but <laughs> uh, Maven finally finished her last math mammoth book yay wow I know 7b is done pre-algebra is done <laughs> finally and Tieran actually surprisingly has been whizzing through uh, his math mammoth book that he's in right now and uh, he because he's been wanting computer time so he's like I'm gonna go do a page of math so I can earn an hour <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's still behind where I want him to be but I'm not even stressed about it I don't care whatever (laughs) so um not really worried about it I don't worry about my kids being on grade level so he's like I don't think he's he's not in the fifth grade book yet and he's halfway through fifth grade but he'll be in it really soon I think he's actually if he's not in it yet uh he's very very close to being finished with the fourth grade book so he should be entering into the fifth grade book any day now actually probably um but uh he, the, the rate he's going right now he's he'll be in it very soon i think so so, cool. so i'm not that worried about it but um but anyway and then maven just got a algebra book in the mail we'll see uh i ordered um an algebra book that was recommended by maria of um math mammoth um, has since she doesn't have algebra yet, I'm hoping she'll make one eventually. Although maybe by the time Tieran is ready for it, because um, I really liked her pre-algebra from what I from what I saw. I didn't really look at that much of it because she did it all herself. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even correct it. I gave her the um, the the answer key and and had her correct it as she went. She just did it as she went. She's very trustworthy. I don't have to worry about her like just just you know writing the answers in because i don't even look at it anymore (laughs) she just (laughs) she just like goes along does the work checks it does the work checks it does the work checks it and she's like a really like by the rules kind of kid so i know my kid well enough to know that she's not going to look at the answers till she's actually tried it so Uh so, um it works for her and i tell her you know come to me if you need help and she's not come to me and i don't know how long so i look i kind of glance over it every once in a while i'm going yeah looks good <laughs> i don't even remember any of the stuff she's doing anymore i'm like i remember algebra and i remember liking it but and, uh, and pre-algebra looks like algebra to me really what it, what is pre-algebra it looks like algebra to me what makes pre-algebra algebra do you know i you know what i honestly don't know the, the differentiation between pre-algebra and algebra 
Yeah, to me, everything I looked at was like, why is this pre-algebra? This looks like algebra to me. It looks like full-on algebra to me. So as far as I could tell, she's been doing algebra. <laughs> so in fact, when we opened up the algebra book, I'm like, you've been doing all of this. Like the first part of the book, actually, as far as I looked into the book so far, she's, she already knows all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, we might be able to skip a bunch of this. Well, you, math, you know, if it's a regular math book, it, oh, they, always you know, they always have a bunch yeah. of stuff in the beginning review, yeah. review. thank you that Lots was a review yeah. that was the word i was looking for was yep. review but i had lost it what's the name of the math book uh for the forst forster i can't remember it's called i think it's like forster math or something like that um it's on uh if you go on the math mammoth website where they talks about high school is it do- uh, by dr thomas forster yeah mm-hmm. okay i got it yeah, so uh, anyway, she recommends a couple of different books, and that was one that was really cheap on Amazon. It was like $6 or something used on Amazon, so I bought that one because it was cheap. And then there was another book that our library had. It was really expensive on Amazon, but our library had it, so I ordered that one, and it's sitting at the library. I need to pick it up tomorrow. So we're going to look at both of those and see which one we think would be better. And um, if she decides she likes the library one better, or if we together decide, because we'll together decide, um, I'm going to see, I'm going to talk to the library and see if they'll let us do like a long-term check-in. And if they won't allow us to do that, then I guess I'll be like doing <laughs> extensions, extensions, come in, turn it in, check it right back out again. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, how many people are going to be ordering that book? Probably nobody <laughs> ever checks it out. So I imagine it's not going to be an issue. So I don't know. I figured I'll go in and talk to them and explain to them that are homeschoolers and she needs to use this for her curriculum. So um, maybe they'll give us a special deal. Who knows? Uh, maybe they will. You never know. You so never know. it's worth asking. So um, it's really expensive on, I think it was like $70 or something like that on Amazon. And I'd really rather not spend it if I don't have to. So Right, right. Um, but anyway, we're halfway through the school year. So I had already talked to Mary Ellen, our ed coordinator, about taking like a year and a half to do algebra since that thus she had not finished her pre-algebra yet. So I'm like, well, why don't we just do an, a year and a half for algebra then? Um, so I think it'll be fine. That way she can not stress over trying to squeeze algebra into a year, stretch it out over a year and a half. It seems like it'll work better for her. So there you go. Solves that problem. There you go. <laughs> it works better for my kids. So she always tends to take longer on math anyway. So we've always stretched our math out way longer than most <laughs> typical uh, um, curriculum and such. So, um, so anyway, and then I'll get that requirement under our belt and she can check that off. <laughs> right. Those credits. Those credits. So anyway, um, so, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I found this really cool lap book for World War One for Tyrion. And he never, I don't think I'd ever done a lap book with him before. So this is brand new to him. And he's actually having a blast with it. And I'm really enjoying it too. Um, cool. Put a link in the show notes to this lap book. I bought it on um, Teachers Pay Teachers. Love that site. Yeah. And um, it was, I don't think it was very much. I think it was like $5 or something like that. And it's jam-packed full of really cool stuff. And we're not going to use it all, I guarantee. But um it's forcing us to do a bunch of research, which is cool. It's not like a fill-in-the-blank kind of thing. It's like a do research and fill in this section kind of thing, and it's cool. Um, and yeah, it's very open-ended, and um, yeah, we're really enjoying it. And he's, I'm, I'm realizing that he's kind of a lap book kind of kid. I think he'll enjoy this more. Um, I think I'm going to try and get more for the, like the next topic that we do. Well, well, that would be World War II. So I'll see if they have one for World War II too. Um, 
but he's still really enjoying World War One. We've kind of gone here and there with it because with the holiday and everything, you know, everything got off whack. But we did a little here and there with this lap book, and he's enjoying it. And it's been really fun sitting down with him and showing him because we have a bunch of World War One books checked out from our school library. And um, uh, we, you know, I sh- I've been teaching him how to go. All right, here's the index. Let's look up this topic. Um, you know, this these this uh, page in the lap book has a you know, a, a flap for, um, you know, what, like the Lusitania. Okay, let's go look up Lusitania in the index and find all the information we can about the Lusitania and showing them how to, now let's gather all this information and then let's figure out how to narrow it down into a little little space that will fit under this flap, gather all that information together, you know. So he's learning a little bit about how to do research, which is pretty interesting. So, and then he's, he writes it himself. He actually writes really neatly. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Well, for a 10-year-old boy, I think he writes pretty neatly <laughs> in general, I think, because <laughs> he writes neater than my husband. So <laughs> I, I, I think that's pretty impressive. So, um, and he's having fun coloring things in and making things look nice. So, and gluing them into the, it's like, it's a, um, it's actually, well, it's. I guess it's not technically a lap book because I guess lap books are. Tech, uh, don't lap books usually go in Manila folders? Because this one actually goes into a notebook. So maybe technically it's like a notebook. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Lap books usually you you have the folders and you fold them up and you make like a presentation thing. Yeah, and it is a presentation thing, but it goes into a notebook. You actually no, this take, is not a lap book, honey. This is an interactive notebook. Okay, so it's a notebook. I it's always just call all of this type of stuff as lap booking, but it, you're right. It's a, it's a notebook. Okay, so it's a notebook, but notebooks just <laughs> sounds like such a generic thing. But it, it but it is a thing. Like notebooking in in education is like a thing now. Everyone knows what notebooking is. And yeah, but I mean, it has flaps and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, 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 interactive notebooking. It's like the new in thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool. It's really cool. So I just, you know, I, I pulled out a brand new fresh notebook for him to use it in. And, and then I figured, well, we'll just keep this notebook and do another one and another one and another one. And we'll just keep adding more into it, you know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So let's see what else. Um, let's see. Maven is doing amazing things in her graphics design class that uh, we have created for her. Um, she started off by doing classes um, on lynda.com, which we do through our library, actually. Um, has a free uh, – you have free access through um, our – well, we have free access. Not every library does it, but ours does. Um through um, the library, you can get into all the classes at lynda.com. So I encourage everybody out there that if you um, uh, to check it out to see if your library has access. Um, it's amazing. The way we do it is we go onto our library's website and there's a link on our library's website to go check out all of the um, research. It's called it, on our website. It says research it. So I don't know it'll be on yours. And then on there, it has all of the online stuff that you can do research. And one of them is lynda.com. So you should go check out your library and see whether it's available. And then you just log in using your library card login. Um, and you can get all Linda's um, uh, classes, everything for free. It's amazing. And Linda's um, actually, it's pretty affordable, even if you don't have access. I think it's like 25 bucks a month. But Free is better. <laughs> Free is better. Yeah. So anyway, she started off with tutorials, learning Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. And then um, she just took off from there. She hasn't, I don't think she's been using the t- t- tutorials recently because she's just been exploring and she's been making this like mythological cat creature. It's pretty cool. And she started off with just like a, it's kind of like a cartoon like drawing, you know, just a flat drawing. And then she's been filling it in and it's becoming more and more and more 3D and shaded and awesome. And it's just really neat. It's like this cat dragon 
creature. I don't know. It's not really a dragon, but it's this mythological cat thing. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. it's just really cool. And she just keeps filling it in and filling in the background and um, in Illustrator. And um, it's really cool. I'll see if I can if I can get a copy of it. I got to actually get a copy of it for next week's meeting week. Um, I got to get a copy. I got to download a copy of it to bring to our um, meeting anyway. So maybe I can get a copy to put up on the website. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a neat, if, if she says it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's a neat looking thing. It's not done yet, um, but it still looks pretty cool. <laughs> and she's figuring it all out on her own, which I'm pretty impressed. Teaching herself through the tutorials, of course, but also just playing around with it. So she's been, she's been learning a lot. It's pretty impressive. So uh, she'll, she'll show me. She's like, come here, look. I figured out how to make this grass. And she like figured out how to do like do all this stuff with the grass, and she turns on all these different layers and stuff, and then she like copies and pastes all this stuff, and I'm just like, you're making my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but it looks awesome. <laughs> so anyway, that's pretty cool. She's been doing neat. They spent a lot of hours over the the holiday break um, working on that because she hadn't done, been doing any of it at all for a while. And I said, you need to spend some time on this because this is one of your classes you're supposed to be getting credit for. So she spent a lot of time on that to make up for it. And she definitely did. <laughs> She's been doing lots of time on that. So that's been really cool to watch. Cool. Uh, let's see. Over the holiday season, we also did a lot of, well, some of us did a lot of books. Maybe not so much. But Tieran and I read, well, he read, I listened to a whole bunch of books. I do the audiobooks. He does the reading. Um, and uh, he read a bunch of books to himself. And I listened to a bunch of audiobooks. I'll mention those when we get to the book section of our podcast um but that was uh that was kind of fun i we i know i've mentioned in this podcast before but for those of you who are new we tend to be uh in our family we tend to do books in spurts <laughs> so we went through a dry period for a while where we always read a book at night but um there's always a book that we're reading at night at bedtime i always read to my children at bedtime but then we'll go through spurts where i'll not read anything for a while and both of my kids tend to do this too where you don't read anything for a while and then all of a sudden we just can't put books down for a while (laughs) so I guess it kind of all balances out at the end if you look at how much we've read for the year (laughs) right that's how I feel about it yeah so we'll have a long dry period and then we'll have a period where it's just like back-to-back books well we went through a back-to-back books period in December again so it's going to be fun to share books again when we get down to that section so also, I finally finished my kids' workstations. I've been trying to get them completed for months. Uh, the, I had been trying to get uh, the, the. It started with converting one table into two tables, and then I finally got uh, whiteboards and and cork boards up and then forever never got around to getting up the shelves i finally got the shelves up (laughs) so now there is a shelf above each of their tables they they have separate tables and now they have shelves above the whiteboards and the cork boards so that they can put like projects or books or whatever it is they want up up um above their workstations so i'm so excited i'll put a picture in the show notes so you can see it looks pretty darn cool Um, they finally of course their workstations are always so completely trashed that they can't even do much actually maven's maven's is not always like that because maven um is often actually working at it so she will frequently come in and tidy it up well not recently but (laughs) she'll tidy it up so she can work at it but Terrence is usually so trash she can't even sit at the table so we gotta work on that (laughs) but um Anyway, it's very exciting to finally have that done. Yeah. <laughs> they finally have their little workstations 
ready to go. So if they want to work on a project, they've got a space for it. So it looks pretty cool. Um, I have been, the, another thing that I have spent tons and tons of hours on in December was um, my Noodle Home School, which uh, for those of you who haven't heard about it yet, it's homeschoolrealm.com forward slash noodle. Had to think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it before, so I had to think about that. Um, yeah, so that's um, where I have my online classes. And I have been working really hard on finishing up the season 27 of the Amazing Race course. And I'm almost finished with it. It's mostly done at this point. Um, the season ended, of course, a couple weeks ago. Um, but I had a bunch of stuff to fill in. And I do still have some more stuff to fill in, but it's mostly done at this point. There's plenty of stuff for the kids to do on the on the, on the the courses. And it's been all for sale since the season began. So um, anybody can go to homeschoolrealm.com and click on the products link and, and purchase the classes at any time. But, um, but I spent so many hours working on that. And I have big, big plans for the new season, um, revamping the way I've got the classes structured. And I'm really excited about it. I'm going to actually be pulling all of the the country courses out and selling them separately for people who don't want to do amazing race. So now if you want to learn, you want your kids to learn about Japan, Brazil, Argentina, there's 17 countries so far because I've done two seasons. So there's 17 countries that have been visited and I'm going to, if you want the kids to learn about any one or more of these countries, they're going to be sold separately. So that will be an offering very soon, as soon as I have, the time to work on it, which I will now because as of tomorrow, we go back to classes and I will have time to sit there while my kids are in classes to work on this. So <laughs> so I will be able to get that all set up. I've started, actually, I did the first couple of countries, so I um, they're not for sale yet, but I've started pulling them separate so that I can sell them out of a package deal as well as together. So that's exciting. And yeah. I spent I don't even know how many hours seriously like tens of hours uh working on this over the holiday season my hu- my husband was like are we gonna see you today because <laughs> <laughs> I was on my laptop like the entire month of December pretty much <laughs> except for the actual holidays but um anyway so that was a lot of stuff that happened during December and then Let's see. Just recently, we just started our Doctor Who night on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Uh, Decided that Maven needed to have more time with her friends. So we invited all of her friends to come over for a teen night, preteen and teen night, because not all of them are teens yet, um, to start watching Doctor Who from the beginning. Not not classic Who, but the reboot (laughs) Um, from Doctor number nine. And... um, and they watched the first three episodes together. There were ten kids here on Friday night. It was crazy and wonderful. And they were having a blast. And the parents stayed in the other room. Actually, most parents dropped off. But there was a few parents here because we were working on some stuff. And um, it was hysterical. There were times when you could hear all these kids laughing in the other room as things happened in the different shows. And it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool to hear. <laughs> and then they'd stop in between episodes and they'd go hang out in the other room for a little while and then they'd come back and watch another episode and then they'd go in the other room for a little while and they'd go watch another episode. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So, cool. Yeah, it worked out really well. I was surprised so many people were able to come on the first night when I had just planned it. I kind of threw it together at the last minute. So 
Doctor Who and popcorn, you can't go wrong, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, you would think. Yeah, so that was really fun. I, I know not. I won't be able to get that many kids together every single week, but we're going to try every single week to try and get at least a few of them together, and we're just going to keep going. We're just starting from the beginning and just working our way through chronologically. <laughs> Maven sat down and plotted it all out so that we don't have to split up two-parter episodes and stuff yeah that's what you were saying that's cool <laughs> she's like i just thought she came to me like the next day and she's like mom it just occurred to me that if we just do three episodes every time that you're gonna i th- i was afraid that it was gonna end up that we would split up two-parters and i checked and and it will so i think if we do it this way and she had it all planned out it was so cute <laughs> <laughs> she figured out if we like She's like, I think if we skip the Absorbaloff episode, which nobody likes anyway. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Except for that one part where the doctor's running around. He's only in that one tiny little part in that whole episode. Nobody likes that episode, really. <laughs> oh, that's the one episode that, you know, we don't talk about. But still. <laughs> She's like, nobody likes it except for that one part. So maybe we can just watch that one little part. Because that's he's only in it for, what, five minutes? <laughs> yeah, well, the, but there's like, a, it, there's like a reason why that is, you know? Right. I mean, but it's... It, yeah, the rest of it's kind of lame, though. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, if we skip that episode, then we should be able to not break up the two-parters. So she had it all figured out. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. So anyway. And then the last thing I was just going to say was that um, the biggest news is that our, non- or our homeschool charter is shutting down our Fresno satellite dun 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 <sighs> yes that actually was dumped on us the beginning of december merry christmas right. <laughs> so uh becky and i um our kids are enrolled in a homeschool charter locally that is actually based an hour away from us but they have a fresno satellite which has been wonderful the last four years because then we don't have to drive an hour for classes well they decided that they're shutting us down so a bunch of us rallied together to um try to start something else up and we rallied to ask them to extend the time so we actually got them to extend it a little bit longer so instead of closing the end of the semester they're closing the end of uh, next semester so we have through december now to figure out what the heck we're going to do which looks like a lot of us are actually pushing for getting another charter started so we'll see what happens with that and in the meantime <laughs> because becky and i have a non-profit which i know we've never talked to, i don't think we've ever talked about on this that on the show i don't know why we would um, the no, learning. I don't village. think so. I don't think we ever talked about the Learning Village before. We had a the Ner- Learning Village Homeschool Resource Center of Fresno was a big flop that happened several years back, um, 2009 to 2011, I believe it was, um, that didn't ever really take off. And but we got nonprofit status and one c three, and um, and I let it lapse because we were closing it down anyway, and I never filed the paperwork for like three years in a row. But now all of a sudden. Um, now the, apparently to get a charter, you got to have a nonprofit first. And everybody was like, Hey, you have a nonprofit. Can we use your nonprofit? So, (laughs) so during (laughs) Dr. Who night, we had parents over here going through our paperwork going, let's get this started again. So that's the big thing right now is that we're, we are rebooting our nonprofit. So 
probably some big news on that soon. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. That is like huge right now in my life, trying to get all that started up and um, talk to the IRS and all that and figure out what we can do to... We're waiting to hear whether or not we can get our nonprofit status back. I don't think it's been officially been pulled yet. I think we're still kind of stuck in limbo in, in that in that in between phase where they're getting ready to pull it officially. So we're like on the on the on the cusp. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have some news on that. Um to be able to report back to all our group of families. So, um, but anyway, that's that's the big news around here. Lots of lots and lots of stuff happening. Um, but then again, there always is lots of stuff happening. Yeah, right. Seems <laughs> like it never ends. <laughs> but that's mm. pretty exciting. It's been it's been fun and exciting, and but then also very stressful and depressing as well because the closing of the satellite was a big shock and, and very hurtful and sad and. But also now it's very exciting that this new thing might happen. So who knows? Out of bad comes good. So we'll see what happens. Yep. But then Becky is now going on to bigger things too. So I'll let you talk about that though. (laughs) 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 So what have you been up to, Becky? Well, I have to go back to Love and Monsters for a second. Oh, okay. (laughs) There is a reason why children need to watch this episode. Oh, yeah. It's because the Absorbaloff was designed by a nine-year-old child. Oh, was it really? It was a contest on the BBC show Blue Peter. Oh, I didn't know that. Which I've never actually watched, but I guess uh, um, Matt Smith was on there one time making a TARDIS bird um, feeder. And so, like, um, famous people from BBC go on this show, whatever it is, Blue Peter. And they had – it's a kid's show, I think. Uh And they had a design a Doctor Who monster contest. And um, so the Absorbaloff is a ridiculous monster. I mean, let's not let's not uh, try to you know defend it. But it was designed by a nine-year-old child. I did not know that. Yes. And then what's even better is when the kid saw his own monster on Doctor Who, he was disappointed because he had envisioned it to be the, the size of a double-decker bus, which would oh. make, make the whole storyline as we know it not work. But right. Um, but the the fact of the matter is that that this. This, the reason this episode was made and the reason this monster was made and it was as ridiculous as it was, was because of this nine-year-old boy's idea uh-huh. of this monster. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, so when people talk about Love and Monsters and talk about how bad it was, I'm like, yeah, but a nine-year-old boy designed the monster. What do you want? It's not like it was Stephen Moffat's fault or Mark Gatiss's yeah. fault. It was just, you know. It's like that, that Olympic episode that was made by a class of kids. That exactly little one that little short one that was kind of yes. awkward to watch but it was cool because you knew kids wrote it <laughs> exactly See? yeah but you don't want them to write a lot of episodes because they're not that no <laughs> no it's really cool that they did that for kids though it was really neat yeah right and it's cool that this this kid you know created this monster and then he got to got to be on you know the monster got to be on the show so that's yeah cool. i did not know that huh yeah so when you, when you watch it you can say you know this is a terrible episode but here's because <laughs> it wasn't made by a professional it was made exactly by it was made by a nine-year-old boy who won a contest so <laughs> Okay, so that aside, yeah. yes, we, we are moving on to bigger and better things. Well, bigger things. Well, other things. Different. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, when I say bigger, I mean no. <laughs> um, we are changing charter schools. Um, I found another school, Summit Academy, um, which I feel like is going to support Danny's art and music education better. 
Mm-hmm. Then the school we're at now, or that we were at when I wrote this, I just realized we're not, <laughs> when I wrote this, we were still there and we're not anymore. Our, mm-hmm. our last day was officially the 6th and we started at the new school on the 7th <laughs> oh. and literally nothing changed. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that changed is um, we have to, um, the kids are supposed to initial their um, attendance sheet every day. So that's the only thing that's changed oh. is that. And I've got it loaded on my iPad, so they just use a little. They use their finger, or they use the stylus, and they just put their initials on it. It's it's oh. simple. That's literally the only thing that's changed. Everything else, I'm used, still using the same curriculum. Everything, hmm. so that's kind of funny. But speaking of curriculum, schoolwork has been really hit and miss lately, partially because of the change of schools. There is an amazing amount of paperwork involved in interdistrict school transfers. Oh, really. <laughs> And um, partially because of the holiday, you know, the holiday oh, yeah. messed everybody's schedules totally. up. And um, now it's going to be even worse because this week Dean's on vacation. Oh. <laughs> right? So when they're home. Rolls everything off, yeah. Exactly. They mess up our schedules. I mean, I love <laughs> my husband, but I'm used to him being gone from X to Y. And when he's not gone from X to Y, then he kind of throws off my groove. Well, yeah. And do your kids feel like it's vacation for them, too, when he's home? Because mine Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly they're like daddy's home work. vacation You're like, right because well we don't work when daddy's home right we we usually wait and do our schoolwork after dad's gone to work so mm-hmm. um even though he goes to work in the afternoon we we wait and do schoolwork when he's gone and so you know it's it it's unusual for us to do schoolwork when he's here yeah. well we do on his days off sometimes but right. even that i'm terrible about Mm-hmm. So I'm working on getting back on track and oh, getting so hard. Yeah. It it really is. Oh, I in know. fact I didn't get on track this week either, so <laughs> and then on top of all of that, something I completely forgot to put in the notes, but that is come up is it's rogue time again. Oh right. So I started on the rogue website. Uh you should mention what rogue is because oh, not everybody rogue... has listened to us for a while. <laughs> That's true. If you've listened to us for a while, you know what rogue is. But those of you who are new, Rogue Festival is a big independent arts and performance festival here in fresno that goes on every spring this year it's march 3rd to march 12th and um i am a volunteer for the rogue festival and i take care of their website and all of their social media presence and um so about january or so of every year i just take half of my brain and i just Mm -hmm. give it to rogue and they keep it until after the after party and then they give it back to me all dented which is like march right march yeah. yeah They give it back all dented and bruised, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's it's um, one of my passions here in Fresno, and I um, I absolutely adore the Rogue Festival, and I don't mind the work I do, but oh, it's so much work. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's another thing that's kind of affecting schoolwork is is me trying to um, get everything in line. So I have uh, I li- like to have a, a streamlined way of doing things when I'm working on the Rogue Festival. And our website this year isn't giving me that. It's not giving me the opportunity to streamline it. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on that to, to get a process in place. So Because, I mean, when I'm inputting, you know, 60-something performers, it takes, you know, quite a while to get it all done. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, we had a nice holiday as well. Mm-hmm. I was just pretty much quiet at home with us. Um, but I did want to mention, for anyone who plays video games... Uh, specifically on your like Xbox, PlayStation kind of uh, platform. I don't think they have it for the PC. Um, I highly recommend Lego Dimensions. 
Um, I got this for the kids for Christmas, and I talked to my brother, and he picked up some parts for it too. Um, it it is so much fun. I've even been playing it, which I am terrible at playing Xbox games. I can't figure out which buttons are which, and I basically spend my entire time just running around, like you know. <laughs> Just running around in circles, breaking things. But um, that's okay, because it's a Lego game. You can do that. Um, (laughs) But my favorite part of it is the mashups. So we have the Portal world. We have the Back to the Future world. It comes with the Lord of the Rings world. And we have Springfield from The Simpsons. Because my my brother bought them all of The Simpsons parts. So you can... I, I was literally playing the other day, and I was Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. riding on a hoverboard from Back <laughs> to the Future in Springfield. Oh, funny. From The Simpsons. <gasps> That's like, funny. you can be Batman, and you can hang out in the Shire, and you can be riding on the, oh, I don't know what they're called, the things from Portal with the little leg, the egg-shaped things with the legs. Is. Oh, it's a, another video game. Uh, I got the Portal because Jack has finished Portal 1 and Portal 2 both already. They're puzzle games. Mm. Um, I'm sure you've seen the companion cube thing. That's like a they're gray and they've got hearts on them. They're I don't anyways. It's a video game. Mm. And um, it's tons and tons and tons of fun. I I do have to say it's kind of annoying that you have to buy like all the little packs but once you have all the little packs, there's also a Doctor Who world which Oh wow. Yes, I'm planning on getting that next. I would have gotten it for them for Christmas, but you know how Amazon, there's like a set price, and then when those all sell out, then it's the third-party sellers? Mm, yeah. By the time I got around to going and getting it, it was sold out everywhere, and Amazon was all third-party sellers, and they were up to like $50. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it can wait till after Christmas for that one. But every time you buy a pack that's a, that's a level pack, you open up an entirely new world in the huh. game. And um, the voice of the doctor is uh, Peter Capaldi. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, because the kids ran into him at one point. Because even if you don't have the character packs, you can still run into the characters. You just can't go into their worlds. Mm-hmm. And the kids uh, the kids were, being, were, they were wild style in Batman. And the 12th doctor came and swooped them up in the TARDIS and took <sighs> them someplace else oh, to funny. give them, like, a side quest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lego Dimensions amazing game we are oh, having cool. so much fun with it so um i i assume since i'm um i have that collection bug that eventually the kids will have all of the little things for it because that's how i do things i can't just buy one little thing you have to buy all the little things <laughs> and there's tons of worlds and characters and vehicles and yeah and you can mash all of them up mm-hmm. super cool. cool um celebrated my wedding anniversary Cool. We uh, yeah we went out to well took the kids with us but um, we went out to dinner and went and saw Star Wars <laughs> and I loved it loved it loved it loved it loved it I literally when I was sitting there and the music started and the credits started rolling up or not the credits but the story started rolling up on the screen like I I had that feeling like when I was eight years old again and I was in the theater watching Star Wars yeah. It was, it was so amazing, and it was so fantastic to experience it with Jack. Uh, Danny isn't as much of a fan of Star Wars, but Jack is really into Star Wars, and mm-hmm. we have long discussions, him and I, about Star Wars. And um, seeing it with him was amazing. I mean, he was on the edge of his chair the entire time, <laughs> and um, he did have earplugs in because theaters are too loud for him, but um, he was just like riveted to the screen the entire time and i don't want to give any spoilers or anything but it was 
amazing and i cannot <laughs> wait to see the next one and um, oh i know we only have what a year to go no you're something like when that is it? i forget it's at least a year yeah yeah i think it's like 2017 so that was awesome and a really good way to spend our anniversary and uh danny got a new yamaha keyboard for christmas so you guys know that well maybe you don't uh, my daughter plays guitar and she's been taking guitar lessons with our favorite music teacher, Gio, for uh, well all this year and then all last year. So t- two years now of guitar lessons, just about. And um, she's amazing at it. And she's already writing her own songs. And she's learning to read and write music. And so I got her this Yamaha keyboard because she was interested in adding piano to you know the instrument she played. And I live in a small house. And I have no room for a piano. Mm. and um i i like sat and I, I looked around my house several times and thought where could i put a piano and literally there was just nowhere mm-hmm. and so i found this great yamaha keyboard and i talked to some friends of ours who are musicians i talked to uh daryl uh jen's husband mm-hmm. and i talked to my friend nate butler and um, both of them said this keyboard was awesome and because the keys bounce back it's good for you can transfer over from piano i don't know i don't understand music because i literally have zero musical ability (laughs) but somehow my daughter does she's already playing simple songs on it i mean like the day we got it for her she opened it up and she's like playing jingle bells oh nice and like happy birthday and stuff and she's never had piano lessons i think she went with sarah into her piano lessons once or twice and that was it sarah's danielle's Mm -hmm. best friend and she's already playing songs on her keyboard and like i said i have no idea where she got her musical ability from None of us have any musical talent of any sort. I can't even keep a rhythm when I'm clapping my hands. <laughs> but it is really awesome to witness. Yeah. Like, it's amazing to me. So that's kind of awesome. Uh, Dean and I went and saw Mythbusters Live. Fun. I got him the tickets for Father's Day. Oh, my goodness. And the show was in December. Yeah. So he had to wait for a while. It was funny because I called Tiffany the day I got them, our friend um, Tiffany, and um, I said, hey, I I need you to babysit for the kids for me um, one night. And she goes, oh, yeah, sure. Let me get my calendar out. And she gets her calendar out. She goes, what day? I go, December 18th. And she's (laughs) like, wow, calling ahead, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he had to wait about six months, um, but it was completely worth it. It was so awesome. We were like seven rows back from the front yeah so um good seats right smack dab in the middle there were explosions Uh jamie kicked jamie literally used steel-toed boots to kick a porcelain toilet apart like (laughs) he created his own steel-toed boots and then showed us how effective they were um they got a little girl up there like little uh like maybe seven or eight year old girl up there and then they got this big guy with a leather jacket and they showed how using levers and pulleys the little girl could lift the guy up Uh and funny yeah, it it was it was fantastic, and mm-hmm. um, we had too much fun. And um, yeah, I, I'm sad it's their last tour. They because the show's ending at the end of this next season, and mm. uh, it's sad because they're going back. Uh, Jamie's going back to work at MI5. He's got some stuff that he's working on for like NASA or something, and and Adam's going to go back to making models for movies and things. Mm. I'm sad. The show's <laughs> going to stop too then. Yeah. Like the TV show? Mm. Yeah. The, this is their final season. And they said this season's going to be the best season of all because they got a brand new slow-mo camera. Their previous one did something like 5,000 frames per second. And this one does something like 
I I could be incorrect, but 70,000 frames per second. Mm. So like amazing new slow-mo technology. They've got, um, they have a better budget. And because this is their last season, they're going out with a bang. They said mm. that there's going to be bigger explosions and more, just more of everything. Mm-mm. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack-Jack had his 10th birthday, but mm-hmm. unfortunately we had to cancel the party because yeah. of... Everyone in the family got sick except him. Oh, jeez. So it was so hard to explain to him. I'm sorry, honey. Mommy can't do your birthday party because I can't breathe. Yeah. And I can't I'm think. I'm on death's door. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't stop coughing long enough to bake cupcakes. So, right. <laughs> but it is my plan to reschedule it. It's going to be strange, but um, I feel like the poor kid lost his birthday because I was sick. So yeah. I'm going to try to reschedule his birthday party. <laughs> so that's about it for us and so now we'd like to give some time to our sponsors this episode of the savvy homeschool moms is brought to you by moving beyond the page the homeschool curriculum that i use for science social studies and language arts i get to read great books do creative projects and activities and learn critical thinking skills learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code savvy moms for free shipping on your next order so today we have three new day in the life interviews for you so today we are joined by january hi january hi And um, she is joining us today for a day in the life interview. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. Thank you. I'm so excited. So can you tell us a little bit about your family, your children, their ages and grades and about kind of where you live? Uh, we're near Denver, Colorado. Um, I have two boys. I have a kindergartner who's actually reading and doing math at a first grade level. And then um, I have a preschooler who's three. Yeah, so we, we have been homeschooling for, um, for we did unschooling for preschool for my first boy. And so we've actually been homeschooling for three, this is our third year. But um, to have actually a set curriculum, this is our first year with a curriculum. Excellent. So why did you choose to homeschool? Um, my oldest son started about three years old, starting some pretty strong symptoms of um, sensory processing disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm visually impaired and I grew up in the special education system and I didn't want to put him through that. And so I started looking into homeschooling, started looking into schooling, and I felt like the more I read about it, the more I understood about education and and schooling, the more confident I felt that I needed to homeschool him. And, and the more I looked into it, the more... I felt confident I needed to homeschool my younger son, too. <laughs> so it's just the more I learned, the better I felt about uh, choice to homeschool. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Sure. So have you come to any kind of an educational philosophy, you know, like Waldorf, Montessori or anything like that? Some people do, some people yeah, don't. Yeah, for um, for early education, I, I, I like the hands-on learning and the and the experiential learning, sort of the the Waldorf and the, and the Montessori ideas about really getting your hands dirty and doing, you know, actually doing things to learn things. Um, so for preschool, we did a lot of just hands-on activities, just learning through play and learning through experience. And for kindergarten, my little guy is, uh, my five-year-old, he is uh, surpassing everything I put in front of him. So I'm trying to keep up with him. So my homeschool philosophy has been, you know, just keep, keep, keep up with him. <laughs> 
(laughs) But I really do. I love unit studies. I love, you know, learning from Mm -hmm. doing. And so I I see me following that path throughout uh, elementary school anyway. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So do you use any sort of a plan or a planner? I have uh, found a free one called uh, My Joy-Filled Life. And um, oh, I, used that, I heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, and I use that for as a really big, broad overview of where I'm going. And then um, we have a, every day we have a little checklist that we have. Um, my son can flip over these cards whenever he's chosen and done uh, an activity. So it's like a checklist on a daily basis. So I have big picture from My Joy-Filled Life and then sort of a checklist on a daily basis. Cool. That's interesting. Sorry, I was getting the link. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, she's Googling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Okay. So are you involved with any local homeschool groups? Actually, quite a lot of them. There's um, through our public school system funds uh, an, a homeschool support. Um, and so one day a week, my five-year-old goes to school in a school setting with a teacher and, and other kids. And that gives him sort of the social aspect. And also they do literature-based education there. So it's supplemental. And then um, we have a science co-op for young kids. And uh, there's a lot of Facebook groups that are local here that also meet in the real world, not just on Facebook. So I have quite a few supporters, though. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) You have a really good community around you, it sounds like. Yeah, and and I was a social worker before as a stay-at-home mom, so I'm really good at pulling resources and getting myself really niched in. I'm also an extrovert, so I need (laughs) other people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You and me both. Yep, understand that completely. So we know there's no such thing as a typical day, but can you tell us a little bit about how homeschooling looks in your family on an average day? Um, we, we wake up early in the morning and we do a little screen time just to wake up and get our bodies fully awake. Um, mm-hmm. sensory processing disorder is known also for late risers. They don't like to get up and move right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it takes a little while, to, while for them to warm up. So my little guy warms up and then, uh, we do a calendar time where we actually, you know, what day is it and, and you know, what, what the weather's like, that kind of thing. And then we hit our subjects. He gets to pick what what order we do our subjects in. I, I put put the cards out, the ones we know we have to do these today, and then we flip them over um, as we do them. And if we're going to go out and about, uh, we usually do it after we've done our schooling in the morning. That's that's typical. If, if there was a typical day, that's what it would look like. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I like the idea of him being able to choose his uh, cards and being able to choose the order that he does things in. I think that's great. Yeah. And it, it, like, yeah, it invests him in what we're doing and he gets excited to, to do different projects. And like when he flips over math, he gets to decide we are doing the life of Fred. Mm. And then we also have a math workbook to kind of strengthen some of those skills. So he flips over a card and says, I want to do math book today, or I want to do Fred today. So, um, so he gets to choose along the way, he gets to choose a lot of things. So, Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So you guys are pretty much done after the after the morning. Yeah, pretty much. We're, you we're usually tip. I mean, depends. I mean, sometimes his his attention will wane. Yeah. But we're typically done before one. Nice. That's usually when we start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We start around two o'clock around here. Yeah, we're early risers. I don't know why. I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting to to hear all the different the different schedules, the different routines that everybody has. I love it. <laughs> That's one of the fantastic things about um, homeschooling is I am not a morning person. My children are not morning people. So we're able to do it in the afternoon and we get it done just the same. But uh, we don't have to get up at, you know, 
ungodly hours of the morning. <laughs> my, my daughter actually is a morning person, but she does not want to do schoolwork in the morning. She wants to get up and do her own thing in the morning. She gets up very early, but she does her own thing in the morning. And if I asked her to do schoolwork in the morning, there would be mutiny. <laughs> we don't start till after lunch. So it's yep. just fine. That's we're going to get. We're going to get there eventually because my, yeah. my little guy, he, it does take him a little bit to get up and warm up a little bit and kind of get the blood flowing. So I think eventually he's going to be like that. He'll want to do something on his own for a while and start yeah. later. But for now, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it's working really well for you, too. That's yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Nice. So was there anything else you'd like to add? No, I, um, I just I've really enjoyed the journey so far and, and the friends that I've met through homeschooling. And it's just been it's been a quite of an adventure that we're enjoying. Very cool. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was really cool. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm just you guys are my heroes. It's great. Oh. <laughs> great to <have> you guys. <laughs> Making us blush. I'm blushing. <laughs> we're just moms like you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And, um, well, you enjoy the rest of your Saturday and, um, we'll let you know when the, when this episode airs. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. You have a good Take day. Right, bye. Well, we are so excited today to be joined by Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hello. Hi, Jackie. She has volunteered for one of our day in the life interviews, which we Yay. know that everybody loves. Yay. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yes. So first, can you tell us a little bit about your family, your children, their ages and grades, and where you live? I am married, just me and my husband and our one son. He's going to be eight in December. Um, He would be in second grade in public school, but he's reads like a fourth grade level that he volunteers to anyone who comes into contact with. He'll tell everybody that. (laughs) <laughs> he's very um, proud of that huh well that's what he he doesn't know like other kids will ask him what grade he's in and he'll just go into well I read at a fourth grade level and <laughs> I write at a third grade level and I do math at a second grade level and I'm just like really they just want to know how old you are like, <laughs> exactly. kids, they okay. don't care yeah. what you're doing in school that's adorable <laughs> and uh, um, what area or you don't have to say exactly where you live but but kind of where do you live uh central ohio okay from kentucky though so we've been up here for about a year and a half so um how long how long have you been homeschooling i have been homeschooling um since the about six months into kindergarten when we lived in kentucky uh we decided to pull him out i always knew it was an option that I would eventually probably do, but I didn't go to public school myself. So I wanted to at least give it a try for that area and see if it was as bad as it would have seemed to be. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you didn't go to public. Did you private school or did you homeschool? Um, I was in Catholic school for 13 ah. years. I see. Ah. Not a situation that I will ever put my children into. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> So you're you're kind of answering the next question already as to why you chose to homeschool. Well, um, I didn't choose to homeschool for that reason. That's the reason I don't choose private school because just my own experience for that. I would never put him into any kind of paid private school, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because we don't have the money to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, so be- because of my own experiences in a private school, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But um 
the reason why we homeschool him is just to provide him like a customized type education. Sure. And it works best for our family. Yeah. And um, basically in kindergarten, he was undiagnosed ADHD at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband has ADD. He's had it since he was a kid. And we knew that he, my son had it since he was probably four. Mm-hmm. But we never got it tested because we never saw a reason to mm-hmm. at that point. And the school actually told me um, for about three months that they couldn't do anything for him because he already knew all the letters and the numbers and everything they were learning. So there was no services to help him and they wouldn't do a testing for him. And it took me like two months to get a hold of the counselor there. And by that time, I was like, we basically just said screw it and just pulled him out. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when we started officially homeschooling. Yeah. Excellent. Very cool. Um, so what educational philosophy do you follow, if any? Not everybody has a philosophy, but do you? Um, you know, like like Montessori, Waldorf, or anything like that. Um, I just take from whatever works. Um, mm-hmm. He likes worksheets and workbooks for some ap- apparent reason. Uh-huh. So I uh, do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of go with what works. Exactly. When we first moved to Ohio, I actually did a virtual public school here that sent me the Calvert curriculum. Mm-hmm. We used that for about a year and a half. And actually last week, I just de-enrolled from that one because it was really more work than what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So traditional homeschooling is a far easier than the virtual public school was. Oh, really? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you use any kind of a... a- sort of a plan or a planner um not really i just plan out what we've what he needs to do for the week and he basically follows that while i'm at work Mm -hmm. he requests the schedule i would do more of an unschooling approach is like this is what you have to do the whole week and i don't care when you do it but he wants like a daily schedule of exactly what he needs to do because he's a strange child yeah, that actually works really well for the ADHD brain is to have a schedule and a right. checklist that they can just go tink, tink, tink as they get things done. Right. Yeah, definitely. I know. I, I it definitely helps me to when I'm able actually able to stick on a schedule, the rare, rare occasions. It does help me with my ADHD brain. <laughs> Maybe I'll use that as my reasoning for giving my husband a chore list. <laughs> so, Jackie, are you involved in any local homeschool groups? Um, I am involved in a couple of them, mostly secular homeschool groups. There's one that's um, like an unschoolers co-op that meets on Tuesdays that I was previously involved in. It just doesn't work for our family schedule, so we don't. We're we've decided not to do like a a weekly meetup. We just go on field trips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So we know there is no such thing as a typical day, but can you tell us how homeschooling looks uh, for your family on an average day? An average day for my family, let's see. Um, I get up and make breakfast, usually something quick like cereal or something for the boy. And then I'll go off to work and he'll have the list of, I'll either give it to him or I'll give it to my husband before I leave. And um, they'll follow the list of everything that they need to do. Um, usually just reading and math are required. 
my son wants to be a paleontologist, so I throw in dinosaur stuff every once in a while. Cool. And then I come home and I check his math work. And um, on Fridays, we usually do like a spelling test type thing. But that's about it. Cool. Does he watch Dino Dan? Uh, We don't have cable. I don't know. Oh. Netflix uh, and probably. Yeah, it's an awesome um, show about a a boy who goes trekking around looking for dinosaurs and stuff. It's kind of cool. You said paleontologist and it made me think of Dino Dan. I've never even heard of that. Really? Yeah. Is that it's, on Netflix? Uh, I don't know. It's it's from I we watched it back in the day when we had cable. When you know we don't have cable anymore mm-hmm. either. But um, it uh, it was one of those ones we watched that and Dinosaur Train and you know those kinds of things because at that time Jack was really super into dinosaurs. I do see Never there's a little bit on YouTube, um, and it looks like you can watch them on Nick the Nick Junior website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my son isn't into the cartoony type dinosaurs anymore. He wants live action, real things. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a live action dinosaurs you can can get with dinosaurs. Uh. Yeah, like oh yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Walking with Dinosaurs is awesome. That's a really good show. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's an actual show of that. I believe that's like, you know, where they've computer generated it and looks like real dinosaurs, but. Very cool. So is there anything you'd like to add, Jackie? Um, we basically go um, year by year in our homeschooling decision. And if it still works for us, we do it. I usually try to make my husband stay on task, but that doesn't really work <laughs> as well because they're both <laughs> gamers. So I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but go to back downstairs. <laughs> He that sounds like my husband. Yeah, awesome. right? It sounds like mine, too. Totally sounds like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so your husband's the one that's uh, that's that's uh, home with your son doing the, the homeschooling during the day, then it sounds like. And then you do the follow-up at, in the evening. So you're, it's team effort. Yes, he does. Um, he's mainly in charge of the science and the dinosaurs and the English. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at any of those. I do math. Awesome. Right now, it's been working for us pretty well. Yeah, it sounds like it's going pretty well. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun, and we really appreciate you taking the time out of your, I'm sure, busy day. We all know that all us homeschoolers are always busy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and sharing what it was like and what it's like in your family. We appreciate it. People are always asking for more day-in-the-life interviews, so we really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you so much. So today we are really happy to have a dad with us. We have Corey. Welcome, Corey. Hello. And Corey actually is husband to Jackie, who we interviewed last time. So we're very excited to have a stay-at-home father married to the last interviewee. So yay. Yay. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about your family. I know that Jackie already did, but just to refresh our memory. (laughs) Uh, so it is uh, me and Jackie, and we've got a seven-year-old son who is a miniature clone of me. <laughs> and, uh, we live in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, cool. And how long have you guys been homeschooling? Uh, since, well, my son started in kindergarten and um, did not go very well. So we've been doing it since then. Okay. 
And why did you choose? I know Jackie's, this is going to be refreshing our memory, I guess, because I don't feel, I don't, I feel like I don't want to just skip over this, even though Jackie already told us, but tell us from your perspective, why did you choose to homeschool? <laughs> um, there's a few reasons to it. The bulk of which is, uh, I grew up with ADD. I've still got it. And my son was showing signs of having it, but he was undiagnosed at the time. Mm-hmm. And the school that he was in, um, they were not actually uh, very accommodating with him in any way. Uh, whenever he would have trouble sitting still or having issues, he would get ostracized and kind of pushed to the side of the class. They separated his desk and had him off in the corner, and he would come home crying and sad every day because he wasn't allowed to play with the other kids or sit near the other kids. Mm. Yeah, mm. That's sad. It just wasn't worth the hassle. We knew right. we could we could do better than that. Definitely. Yeah. So um, what sort of educational um, philosophy do you follow, if any? Not everyone does. Um, I don't really have a philosophy, so to speak, but I like to teach him anything that I think that is age appropriate that I think that he can learn. Um, I, I try to teach him a little bit of everything about a broad range of subjects. And as long as he's eager to learn, I'll teach him as much as I can based on what he's allowed to learn at his age. Cool. Okay. And um, do you use any sort of um, uh, planner? Uh, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yes. <laughs> she does all the planning, huh? She does the planning. I ad lib and kind of modify as needed, but she's the one that says, you know, okay, today you guys need to go over this and this. Ah, good teamwork. Yeah, that's great. Cool. So are you involved in any kind of local homeschool groups? Uh, I personally am not, although Jackie, I think she's, I think she's got a couple groups or things on Facebook and things like that, but uh, I'm personally not involved in any. Okay. So, uh, so while we know that there's not really such thing as a typical day, because things just change so much in any given day, can you tell us how, a little bit about how a homeschooling day looks in your family on an average day? Uh, generally speaking, um, it's kind of the common thing for anybody else, uh, at the start of the day, get breakfast, kind of morning coffee. And, uh, my son will play or read for a little bit while I'm waking up. And then, um, after that, we'll kind of go into, uh, the different subjects that we need to go over. Um, usually like to start with something fairly simple because it seems like, if you start with something that you know that he's going to be able to do well, he starts off with higher confidence, which mm-hmm. makes getting mm-hmm. through the harder stuff later in the day much easier. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a situation where you know we start with something simple, um, but the the day pretty much consists of wake up and play for a little bit or read. Uh, we'll usually do a little bit of schoolwork if we've got some worksheets or other assignments, things like that. Uh, we'll, we'll get started on those. Usually I, I try to have him do something easy. Uh, a lot of times I'll tell him to read a chapter out of a book and then he gets quizzed based on what he read in the chapter. So I can, I can find out if he's actually paying attention to it and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, once, once that's done, we'll kind of go into other things and we, we take frequent breaks and stop for video games and stuff like that. But... <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> Awesome. You've got to. It it makes it easier because it's it's hard for him to sit and do the same thing for a long period of time, uh, just like it is for me. So Mm -hmm. 
Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's hard for all of us. So uh, while we've got you, I have a question for you. Um, how, Because we see so few, although it is definitely growing, um, dads doing the homeschooling, out of curiosity, how in your family, how did it come to be that you were, became the, the primary homeschooler in your family? Um, the, that's kind of a tricky question. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just threw that at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's different in uh, every family and it just is interesting. I'm sure people will probably want to know. <laughs> okay, so now that I've verified Jackie is nowhere nearby, it's all her <laughs> fault. <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's 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 a situation where I um I have an easier time being able to relate things to him in a way that he would be able to understand clearly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Jackie, although she she tries admirably, sometimes she has uh difficulty explaining it in a way where he will understand. Mm-hmm. And since I've had a, since I have ADD, um, I know, you know, I can tell the signs of when he's just not getting something, even though he says he is. Um, so that's, that's a big contributing factor. Um, and then, uh, the other things kind of side things is it just, it made more sense as far as the financial and the, the working situation. Um, don't really care for the idea of sending him to someone that we don't know and right. have them watch him all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. didn't like situation and we were able to afford it. So that's what we did. Yeah. It's really neat. I've been seeing more and more dads, it, just even in our local community, there's more and more dads that are getting more and more involved. It's really neat to see. It's always exciting. We've actually interviewed, how many have we done now, Becky? I think we've interviewed like three dads. Uh, yeah. I think this is, uh, Corey's our third. I think so. So it's pretty exciting. It's it's definitely a nice change. I know growing up for me, I barely got to see my dad because he was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, all he would do is work and sleep, you know. So and and my my parenting philosophy has always been the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so sure. It it helps. Definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. This has been very cool. Thanks for taking some time out of your day and uh, tell your Jackie thank you for loaning us, you to us. <laughs> I'm sure she'll probably send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful. It's really neat to get both the husband and the wife's perspective. That's really yeah. cool. <laughs> Got the whole family. That's we just need the kids' us. perspective next, right? <laughs> sure. You know, one, one thing I will say, though, that, that huh? does that is something that I use to teach that she doesn't uh-huh. is I actually, my son and I both, both play video games. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually try to incorporate learning into the video games. Um, I, I wish more people would actually do it. Mm-hmm. Games like, for example, like Minecraft, you already Absolutely. know yeah. the basic of it. Um, there's also games though, like, uh, for example, there's another one called Terraria. It's, oh, yeah. it's a, yeah, we play that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's really good because you can actually use that to teach them dimensions. You can use that to teach them kind of the physics because the way things fall. Um, hmm. And I, I've, I've used things like that. I've used other games that have like a historical backdrop to teach them, you know, about historical events. I've shown him played like, uh, um, you know, revolution games where I've been able to point out the equipment and the armor and the, you know, the different gear that they use and, and, uh, feudal Japan and just, you know, all kinds of different time eras. And you wow. can explain that, use that as a jumping point to actually lead into something where 
you're not just going over, oh, yay, it's it's time to learn history. Mm-hmm. He's actually seeing it in a game and then learning about it. And he's much more involved. How interesting. Yes. I like that. And you can use video games with learning um, to help with learning reading and reading comprehension. I did that with Danny when she first started playing Animal Crossing. She was always asking me to look things up for her. And so um, instead of looking them up for her, I encouraged her and taught her how to use the index in the the book that we had and how to find things in the book and to read the information for herself. And that really um, helped with her reading comprehension skills. And Mm -hmm. she learned to use an index. (laughs) There you go. My son does the same thing, and uh, he actually um, he has actually requested that we buy him gaming strategy games for games that he doesn't even have yet, <laughs> so that he can lurk. Uh, and he'll he'll read it. I mean, he's got a couple strategy guides for games like uh, that he's played that are uh, they're they're to the point where they're falling apart because he's read them so much. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome! Yeah, that's it's really it's cool. kind of nice. I, I think that that's got at least a little bit in the part to play with. With reading is his best subject, definitely. Mm-hmm. He he reads at a fourth grade level when he's seven years old. So wow. I think my kids definitely Proud. picked up a lot of reading from games as well. There was games like Zoo Tycoon and um, what was the other one? Uh, um, what was that? Uh, Animal Jam. Not Animal Jam. It was before there was a Disney game. Um, the one where you're. It's not a game anymore where you're talking to Mickey oh, the Mouse. Toontown, Toontown, yeah, Toontown, because you had to talk to people in it. And you had to type yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And if you typed it oh, wrong, okay. it wouldn't let you um, type it. If you ty- if you spelled it wrong, it wouldn't let it because it wouldn't let you type bad words and stuff. It also wouldn't let you misspell words. So they learned how to spell things because <laughs> it wouldn't <laughs> let you spell it wrong. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, there's so much you can get out of games. And then there's coding. There's all kinds of games now where you can learn how to code with games and stuff. It's pretty yep. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool. We, we've we've had him do some of that. Um, he's made a couple little games that were really fun. He made uh, a side-scrolling game kind of like Mario. Uh, and he made a specific level for me. And he made a specific level for Jackie. The level for me was extremely easy. Uh <laughs> It's kind of like a couple jumps and win. The level for her was completely unwinnable. I couldn't even. I've <laughs> been playing games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I've does been that playing say? <laughs> over twenty years. It How was fun. hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think in my world he gave me like two enemies, and in hers there were like thirty. Oh, <laughs> he no. just wanted to make it hard on her. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, what game was he using to do the coding? Uh, I don't remember exactly what exa- which one it was. I know it was on, on a computer, um, oh. and it was you could kind of move things around and customize the coding on how it worked. Uh, but it was a it was a side scroller, kind of like a old school Mario game. But oh. mine was just jump over the enemies, get, get to the goal, and hers was <laughs> die two seconds after you start, regardless of what you do. How funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you remember, let us know because we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Well, enjoy your evening, Corey. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. We hope you liked our Day in the Life interviews today with January, Jackie, and Corey. And if you're interested in being interviewed by us um, for a day in the life interview, just let us know. You can drop us a line at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We're always open to doing more because that seems to be our most popular uh, 
topic on the show, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, everybody likes to hear how everybody else does it. I think. I think so too, and I think it's the kind of thing that we could just keep on going. Just as long as you guys keep volunteering to be interviewed, we can just keep on sprinkling them in. So if you're interested in being interviewed, just let us know. So. I'd love to hear more, especially if you think you have kind of a unique story. Those are always really fun to do here, too. But you don't have to have a unique story. You could just be just, you know, everyday homeschooler, too, because those are interesting to hear, too. So, although what's an everyday homeschooler? I mean, everybody's is different. As we all. We say there's no such thing as a a typical day. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you love our show and you would love to contribute to to the making of them, you can now sign up for a monetary pledge per show via the crowdfunding site Patreon. You decide how much and you can even set a per month cap. Plus, we have fun rewards for you at each level for for complete info. Visit SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash Patreon. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Excellent. So, Tina, what books are you guys reading? Well, as I said, we're going through a spurt right now, luckily. So I actually have some to share. (laughs) (laughs) So together, we are working on the Percy Jackson series. Very exciting to finally get to read this. We never got around to it before. So we finished The Lightning Thief. Percy Jackson, number one, by Rick Rorden. Uh, we finished The Sea of Monsters, which is number two. The Titan's Curse, number three. And we're currently working our way through The Battle of the Labyrinth, which is number four. I think there's five cool. in the series. Do you know? I think so, but then there's a whole other series, too. So you've got <gasps> plenty right. of stuff to read. That's right. I forgot. I did notice that there was a whole other series. So anyway, yes, we're in the middle of number four. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to uh, one, uh, Emma, uh, one of our friends the kid of one of our friends well she's a friend we're kids are friends too (laughs) she's she's a mutual friend of our kids and anyway she's one of the one of the kids um that we hang out with and uh she was saying i was saying that i wanted to see the movies and i was trying to decide whether or not we would all watch the movies and she goes don't waste your time have you seen the movies i haven't but movies are never as good as the book they never are but holy cow did they change the story (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah and plus it's way too violent for my kids but um but they changed it so completely i told my kids i'm like you're not really missing anything (laughs) they changed it so i played some clips for them so they get to see some of the characters and the the hippocamp hippocampus hippocampus the 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 seahorses that part was really cool so i had to show them that clip because that was really cool if you want to see something really cool go to go to youtube and uh look up the hippocampus from uh um, Percy Jackson, the first first is that this? No, that's the second movie that it's in, because um, uh, it's the one that has Tyson in it, and um, that's really cool to see. They did a really good job on the hippocampus. I think that's really cool. It's all rainbow. The rainbow. Remember rainbow, rainbow the hippocampus. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, they changed so much in it. It was just crazy. So I was uh, like, mm, you guys aren't missing anything. It's really not that great. And Emma was like, don't waste your time. She was very disgruntled about it. And I'm like, Yo, you, weren't, you weren't kidding, Emma. I have to tell her when I see her. <laughs> they changed it so much. It was it was nuts. So anyway, uh, Maven uh, got the entire Wings of Fire series. It's Dragon series uh, by Tui T. Sutherland for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the books that are out so far, at least. Um, actually, I think there might be one that that Santa missed, but um, uh, that's all they had at Scholastic at the time. Um, and uh, the um, 
Dragonette Prophecy is number one, and that's what she's currently working on. Um, and Tyrion, this is his list that he has been working on. Um, he is working, on, or he that he list, read, I almost said listen to. That's me, I'm listening to. <laughs> <laughs> he li- uh, read, I almost said it again. <laughs> um, the Story of the First World War which is an Usborne book that we read together. Um, we actually alternated pages. He read a book, he read a page out loud and then I read a page out loud. Um, and that's by Paul Dowswell. And that's a really good book about world war one. Um, the maze of the beast, which is del Toro quest. Um, that's number six by Emily Rada. Um, the small adventure of Popeye and Elvis by Barbara O'Connor. That's actually his second time reading that. He got that for Christmas last year, and he was reading that in between waiting for the next Del Toro quest to come in from the library. Um, and then he read The Valley of the Lost, which is Del Toro quest number seven. Return to Del Toro, which is number eight. And I think that was the last one in the series. Yeah, that was the last one in the series. So that finished that one, that series off. He finally finished that series. Um, and then he got, for Christmas, he got this book called The Taken, which is Foxcraft series um, number one. And that's by Inbali Iserlees. Iserlees? Wow. I don't know how you say it. And um, he read that. And then he read another book he got for Christmas, Mark of the Thief, which is the Mark of the Thief series number one by Jennifer A. Nielsen. Um and both of those, I believe, are new series. And so we have to, I think both of them were waiting for the next books to come out. Um, and then he's currently working on The Colossus Rising, Rises. The Colossus Rises, which is the Seven Wonders series number one. And that one, I believe, has a couple of more books out already. So we're going to, when he finishes that, I can um, go and get those from the library. But that's by Peter Larangus. So that's what he's been reading. He actually seems to be slowing down on his spurt right now because yeah i haven't seen him reading that book in a while but um but that's okay look at all the stuff he read recently (laughs) um i gotta put it in front of him again to see if he's just forgotten about it i think but and then me i finally got library of souls by some rigs and listened to that holy cow that was good you weren't kidding i listened to that (laughs) and then i listened to a book called girl underwater by claire kells that was really good um that was like a um, airplane wreck book. That was that was like like uh, not wreck, but um, like stranded. You know, like um, plane crashes and then they have to survive kind of thing. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, 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 that kind of thing. They're trying to survive in the in the wilderness because their plane crashed kind of thing. It was pretty good. Um, and then I listened to the Divergent series. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to get to this. That was really, I thought it was really good. Although it was so slow to get started. My God. But uh, Divergent, Insurgent, Allegiant by Veronica Roth. Uh, Yeah. Did not like the beginning of the first book. It took a long time for me to get into it. But once I finally got it. See, I didn't like, I mean, I I read all of them, same as Mm -hmm. you. And and, uh, I was just really, really, really disappointed Oh, really? I feel like, well, first of all, it was so incredibly unbelievable. The entire way their society was structured was ridiculous yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, it made it hard yeah, to do the suspension of disbelief. You know, <laughs> the, the whole point of enjoyment of fiction is suspension of disbelief. And if you can't, you know, if you can't wrap your brain around the idea that whatever this thing is could possibly at some point maybe potentially have happened, then, yeah. it, you know, it, it, yeah, it's that hard was, to that get was into hard. it. But I, I really liked 
I really like that the third book took an entirely different direction too, though. Like, like yeah. had no idea where they were going to go with it. And then the third book was totally different. And I was like, whoa, like did not know where that was going. And, um, and I really like that the way that she writes, I like the way that she really dug deep into the characters and the way that she, like you really got to see inside of their personalities and stuff. Like you could feel, yeah. you could feel what they were feeling and stuff. Like you could really feel like these were not two dimensional characters. They were very deep. Right. No, definitely. But I just, I don't know. I had a hard time getting into the stories, even though, like I said, I did read them all. I mean, it I'm took a really bitter. long time to understand what the heck she was saying, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the, like I said, like at least the first half, if not two thirds of the first book, it took me a really long time to understand what the heck was going on with this whole the movie was easier to understand once I, but then again, I had read the book by the time I watched the movie. So, right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe if I had watched the movie, but I think they explained it better in the, like they just, cause they, everything happened quickly and they, you know, they fast forwarded everything, of course. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Do movies, but it was so slow to progress in the book. I was just like, what? I don't, what? I can't even say these words. Like what? <laughs> like these names. Of, and then of course I read, um, Blair Lee's, um, uh, have you read her um, review of the book, the first book? No, I haven't. Oh gosh, you should go read her her review. <laughs> she absolutely hated it, and then she never read the other two. And the stuff that she says is hysterical. And she's talking about how they use the wrong grammatical tense on the names of all of the different factions, <laughs> <laughs> and that she couldn't get past that. <laughs> how funny! It's like. Um, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, you have to go and read. Go go to go to Goodreads. And Blair Lee, of course, is our good friend Blair Lee, who's the author of which which curriculum is she the author of? She's a Pendia. She is the author of Chemistry and Biology Two um, right. from Real Science Odyssey. Right, and we've interviewed her before too, so you can go back in our archives and find her interview. She's a she's a neat person, and we've stayed in touch with her. She's a good friend. But um, go back, go into Goodreads, go to Divergent. And I'm, I'm sure you can find her review is somewhere in there in the list, although it's probably or just go to maybe you can go to her page. I don't know. Maybe I'm finding find it. the link. Maybe you can post the link to I'm working on it. Hysterical. <laughs> because as she's reading it, she's posting updates about how ridiculous like as she's going through the book, she's posting more updates about how ridiculous what she's reading is. <laughs> it's hysterical. And I have to agree. She's right. She's absolutely right. But I still enjoyed it. <laughs> but I don't um, see Blair on here. Are you sure it wasn't Deborah Marcus? Oh, wait, was it Deborah? Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, you're right. It was Deborah. It was Deborah. Okay, scratch that about Blair. It was Deborah. We still love Blair. It was Deborah. You're right. <laughs> Deborah's the one that does all the all the um the uh, reviews. Yes. Uh, Deborah Marcus, of course, is. <laughs> I'm getting my friends, my online friends, mixed up. Deborah Marcus is the um uh former secular homeschool magazine producer, and she's an amazing author. That's right. It was Deborah Marcus. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you find it? Of course. <laughs> Did you say, well, you'll have to read it later, but it's funny. She like just keeps posting. Um, yeah. And she's hysteric. She, oh, this is her claim to fame. She's the one, she's the bitter homeschooler that wrote the bitter homeschoolers wish list. Yes. So everybody will know that, although it's not available on our website anymore because she took it down. But if you just Google the bitter homeschoolers wish list, it's all over the internet still. So <laughs> um, I'm sure you can find a link to that somewhere to put up there too, probably. I'm working um, on it. I probably should put it on my website since it's not available anymore. I don't think she'll care. I could ask her, but um, 
Anyway, it's funny, and <laughs> she's right. It is ridiculous, but I have to say, I still like the series. So, But you're right, it isn't very realistic, but that's okay. And, I mean, in most, <laughs> I know, in most fiction, aka most post-apocalyptic um, stories aren't, but... I don't know. I, just I, I know like... what you're. I know what you're saying though, because sometimes when it's that's how I feel like when I'm watching a sci-fi movie. Sometimes it's like if it's so completely outlandish, it's not compl- not believable. It makes it kind of ruins the movie, kind of thing. You know. Well, here's what I I feel like that she cranked it out really fast after oh, Hunger she Games became did. a thing, and um, just riding on the coattails of other teen love triangle kind of you know post-apocalyptic stuff. Sure. But I, but as a reader of dystopian fiction in general, I was yeah. super disappointed in it. But I was really, I expected the third one to not be very good because of that, because I kind of expected that. But I actually yeah. kind of liked the way she wrapped it up. I was surprised by the way it wrapped up. Yeah. Because you kind of expected it all to have a big happy ending, but it didn't. <laughs> well, now you just ruined it for everyone who hasn't read it yet. I didn't ruin it, because I didn't <laughs> tell you what happened, but... Actually, know. you know what? I kind of prefer to know that going into a story because I ex- always expect happy endings. So yes, um, but yeah, I was really kind of impressed. So I mean, not super impressed. It's not like you know J.K. Rowling quality in that sense. <laughs> it's not like right. a fantastic story like that. But I liked it. I I, I did like it. I liked it a lot better than Lord of the Rings. No. Gosh. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. I wasn't falling asleep. <laughs> well, I think more people agree with me. I Lord sure of the Rings is awesome. I'm sure they do. I'm an oddball in my distaste for Lord of the Rings. Although there is actually a whole subset of the population who agrees with me, too. So I have been reading this. There are plenty of reviews that I have seen who agree with me, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, And actually, I have met people in real life that agree with me as well, too. So, ha. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, well, everybody can't agree on the same thing, so. True. <laughs> anyway, what have you guys been reading? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel bad because my answer is not a lot. I know. Um, Danielle has been really involved in her music books. And um, she actually was reading The Hobbit for um, her language arts, and she was enjoying that. And I had to pull up – she hasn't watched the movie yet, or the movies. They made it into several. Oh, um, but I had to pull up the part where they're singing the song when they first come – when the dwarves first come to Bilbo's house. Oh, yeah. And singing like the song. Out. Yeah. yeah, I had to show that because, like, when you read the song, it doesn't make any no. sense. Like Misty Ma- I had to play Misty Mountain for her because she'd mm-hmm. never heard it before, and she didn't know why it was, like, this big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I played that for her. She still didn't get why it was a big thing, but that's see. I still always have the cartoon in my head because that's part of my childhood. So yeah, me too. No, I I do too. But I I much prefer Martin Freeman. Um, I love Martin Freeman. I <laughs> love Martin Freeman, but you know, and I love all the the actors who played the dwarves. Are like they're yeah. like you know the the hottest dwarves ever. <laughs> um, that's Feely just and, weird. <laughs> I know Feely and Keeley. I'm like. So, anyways, but on uh, so and I played the song when they were throwing the the dishes around for her to kind of give her a feel of it. But her and I haven't watched the movies yet. We'll have to do that soon. I don't actually have them though. I have the Lord of the Rings, but I don't have the Hobbit. So, I need to go and buy those. Um, the cartoon. How so, the the no the cart the the movies better. The movies, all three of them, are better. Cartoon. I have to show <laughs> my kids. It is creepy though. 
but it is creepy. Like creepy. She probably she seems like she strikes me as a kid who would like a creepy cartoon. Uh, yes and no. Um, <laughs> but like, since she's already read the book, she already pretty much knows all the creepy things that are going to happen. Yeah, well, it's not that creepy. It's not like nightmare creepy. Right. So, um, but basically, the, the only other thing she's been reading, like not directly related to her language arts curriculum is music books um you know guitar playing and piano playing and stuff so she's been really super hyper focused on that so jack has been working his way through the dk star wars ultimate library which is this uh, awesome box set that my brother got him for christmas Mm -hmm. and it's all the dk readers um, and it starts level one, goes all the way up to level three, and they're all about Star Wars. But they're not like like the first book isn't the first part of Star Wars or whatever. It's like, for example, the first book, let's say, is Han Solo. So it's all the stuff about Han Solo from the first three movies. It only covers the first six movies because it came out before episode seven. So right. We'll have to get some episode seven books eventually. Um, and so Jack, the first thing he does, he opens the book up and he's like, Mom, this book is full of spoilers. <laughs> And I'm like, that's okay. You've seen the first three movies about a million times, so I'm not really worried about it. Actually, he's seen all six of them probably a million times, <laughs> like his favorites. So um, we read one of those, and then when we're done reading it, we flip it upside down and put it back in the box so that we know when we've made it all the way through all of them. So that's kind of awesome. And I am um, reading one book and listening to one book. So I'm reading Insanity. Mad in Wonderland, book one by Cameron Jace. And I have no idea where this book came from. I just sort of found it on my Kindle. <laughs> so I'm guessing at one point it was a freebie or something like that. And I just like the cover and it's a very light reading because I had just finished reading The Martian, which mm-hmm. is really, really, really science heavy. And an amazing book, by the way. If anybody, uh, if you see the movie, it leaves out, for, there's probably 90% of the science is left out of the movie, obviously. Oh. Be- because they just can't stuff it all in there, right? Right. But when you, when you read the book, it's amazing. It, it's so good. Mm. Um, and I know I mentioned it in the last episode, but I'm going to mention it again because it's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good enough that when we were driving to Monterey, I missed an exit because I was so engrossed in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm listening to Carmilla which is a um, Victorian Gothic romance by Joseph Sheridan Lafayette. Faun, F-A-N-U, the Faun, I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm terrible at pronouncing things, and it is actually a um, vampire fiction that um, many people credit with being the inspiration for Dracula. Oh. Um, and the reason I got this one, uh, twofold reason actually, first of all, um, it was free on Audible, which was kind of awesome, and <laughs> free is always good, and um, David Tennant is one of the characters. Yay! So, um, he's not a major character. So, like, um, you hear him every once in a while. He's the the doctor. Uh, <laughs> what? No, he's a doctor. <laughs> not the doctor. A, a doctor. Yeah, he's a doctor. Um, but it's um, it's really good. But not uh, not child friendly. It is a Victorian Gothic romance. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, definitely not um <laughs> it's not kid friendly <laughs> but um it's really good and it's you know it's historically if you are a fan of um dracula and that kind of thing it's pretty good little um peek back at where dracula may have kind of come from 
So speaking of books, if you're planning on purchasing any of the books just mentioned from Amazon or Audible, please consider clicking through our affiliate links in the sidebar of our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We have links to Amazon, Audible, Discount School Supply, Kerclick, and more. It won't cost you anything extra, and it helps support the show. So, Tina, tell me about your link of the week. So, this website, Tinker.com, which is T-Y-N-K-E-R.com, is, um, it's a programming site. Well, it's a, it's a learning programming site. It says, build something amazing with code. Um, the easiest way to learn programming. See why parents, teachers, and kids love Tinker. Uh, the description on the site says Tinker's online courses provide a complete learning system with interactive exercises, guided tutorials, fun creativity tools, puzzles, and more to make programming fun. This is another one of those sites. There seems to be a lot of these sites popping up lately, it seems. Um, this is like the third or fourth one I think I've heard of. Um, but it looks really cool. It's kids learning programming through games basically it's cool like yeah and um somebody was just doing a group buy on this and i missed it i'm kind of oh. upset but um oh, maybe i'll get in on the next one but um it looks really cool so the right now on their website it says new learn for six dollars a month so that looks pretty affordable yeah. um i'm looking at the learning bundles right now and it looks like there are courses for seven plus ages seven plus ages 10 plus ages 12 plus so they have it by ages and then oh there's actually free courses on here too so you can try them out um there are uh oh this is a oh that's a three course learning bundle let me find one that has actual details on let's see there's beginner intermediate i thought there was one that i thought there was something here that talked about what it was actually learning quick look hmm maybe i'm remembering it wrong um anyway when you scroll down if you click on let me go back and see what i clicked on okay so when you're on the home page there's an explore courses button if you click on that and scroll down there's a bunch of bundles and there's le learning bundles and then there's single courses and you can scroll down and you can look at look at uh, the different options and then you click on them uh for a quick look and it'll give you a video um, so you can look at the different videos um, and then screenshots also. Are these all videos? No, some of them are screenshots and some of them are videos. So you can get a good look at, um, and they all have lots of information about them. Um, this one says, let's see, I'm looking at Glitch Manor. It says, explore a haunted mansion, fight off zombies, solve mysteries, and more. And it has, um, looks like it's got a bunch of different mini games in it. And it uses the, they use the mini games to teach kids coding. Um, from the video that I was watching before, it looks like they're like um, they're trying to play a game and they like drag and drop bits of code. It's like mm -hmm. drag and drop code to make things happen. So like, so it's a lot like the hour of of code. Yeah, it's part of the hour of code, I believe. I think ah, this is part of the hour of code. Similar, yeah, because it looks very similar to the the same uh, way of dragging and dropping. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, I thought that there was a link to our code on here originally, but I don't see it now. I swear I thought I had seen it on here before, but I don't see it now, so maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Anyway, so yeah, there's, let's see, there's Glitch Manor, Star Runner, Cannon Crasher. So there's like aliens, there's monsters, there's cannons, there's, ooh, this one, Turing's Tower looks very, um, um, 
oh, why am I forgetting the name? Steampunk. There's a steampunk game. I forgot the name of it for a second there. Um, and dragons and ninja. There's a ninja runner. So there's all different kinds of games to be able to learn. Um, um, you know, different way, different fun genres. So if your kids are into different kinds of things, they're bound to find something here um, that might interest them. I see fun. dragons a couple of times, actually, I think. So that would definitely don't interest my daughter. Um, and it looks like there's even stuff for the older kids because I see 12 plus. So um, for a couple of things, a couple of different areas. So uh, looking at the prices, uh, there's a monthly plan. This is for one child, $8 a month for a monthly plan, $6 a month for a yearly plan. Um, and that's $72 billed yearly. And then there's a family plan for two children at $10 a month. Where you're paying $120 billed yearly. So that's pretty affordable, yeah. I think. So, but they do have free classes. Let's see, where did I see that? I know the I saw bar, there was classes. A- yeah, there was a, there were free classes um, where you can check out. So anyway, just play around and explore. But there are free classes that you can check out so you can try it out and see. They what call it think. free play. Oh, okay, there you go. Oh, there it is, right at the very, very top. Yes, good job. (laughs) Yes, so you can play it for free. Oh, there's a Hot Wheels free play. Tyrannal like that. Oh, and Code Monsters. And then there's a Monster High scavenger hunt. Um, But anyway, oh, music video for Monster High. Yeah, so anyway, there's a bunch of free stuff that you can explore it and see whether or not you like it. Um, And uh, so, yeah, check it out. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So it looks like, oh, and you can even, oh, wow, this there's a slider on here, so you can slide it around to different grades. Yep. That is cool. So this is on, the, I'm looking on the um, free play page. You can slide this little monster guy around to the different grade levels. So if you have different ages of kids, you can get just the right age level for them. So Very anyway, cool. yeah, it looks really cool. And that, actually, that the free play page says is the link the the url is hour of code, hour of code. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously it is tied into that so i don't know much about that but i keep hearing about it so yep. so anyway yeah tinker tinker.com t-y-n-k-e-r.com it looked really cool i stumbled across it recently and it, they seem to be doing some um a lot of promotion around christmas time for uh, they were doing some specials so uh, it had some kind of a 50% off thing around Christmas time, but I don't know. It doesn't look like they're doing that anymore. But it, the prices look pretty affordable to begin with. So pretty cool. Check that out. So what do you awesome. got for us for your link of the week? So I have something that seems a little odd, but for anyone who has a kid that's really into Lego, this could be a lifesaver for you. Oh, yeah. I discovered over Christmas that when I purchased a gift for Jack, he didn't have all the pieces he needed to be able to build. I, I bought him an RC kit to make his Lego uh, creations RC, remote controlled. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have the correct um, little bars to attach the axles to free spin. Uh, so he was trying to make cars, but it was hard because it, he had to like work around all this stuff to make his axles free spin. So anyways, long story. Mm-hmm. I found this place called, it's at lego.com, actually shop.lego.com, and it's pick a brick. And you can literally purchase individual Lego bricks. Oh, that's like ClickLink. <laughs> yeah, probably. But this is, I don't know, this is just Lego's website. Cool. Um, so 
Um, one thing that's bad about it is it does take longer for it to come in because all of the Legos have to be hand-pulled and packed. Ah, but that's um, what, I didn't know that Lego was doing that individually. That's cool. Yes, it is amazing to me. You can get angles, you can get plates, you can get two by fours, you can get six by twos, you can get, you know, everything basically um, that you can think of that you could possibly need to complete a set, to build a set, um, you know, and they've got all the different colors. They've got the the regular classic Lego colors, but then they've also got those new Legos that are like the girl Legos, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous that they separate mm -hmm. them by gender. Yeah. But the fact is you can get the, the pink and the purple in the, the other colored bricks there. And they're really, really reasonably priced. Like, I think Jack probably picked out 50, maybe 50 Lego pieces, and it was under 20 bucks shipped. Nice. Yeah, it was completely worth it um, for him to be able to have these pieces that were, you know, driving him crazy that he couldn't find and that he needed to be able to build these um, remote controlled Lego cars. So and now I got to oh. get him another motor because it turns out with only one motor, you can only go back and forth. But if you have two motors in two, uh, we have two remote controls. We only have one receiver and one motor because I, I made a mistake. I thought I was buying a remote and a receiver, and I accidentally bought two remotes. So I need to buy another receiver and another motor. And then he can make it turn right and left as, as well as going back and forth, which is kind of cool because my son is sort of, you know, um, obsessed with remote controlled things. <laughs> so, yeah, Lego Pick-A-Brick. Um, we've got a link in the show notes. And just go in. You can actually even search, like, I only want purple Lego pieces. And so you can just drill down right to purple Lego pieces or nice. whatever. Wonder, or if I'll, you – go ahead. I was just going to say, I wonder how long they've been doing this because I didn't know that Lego – I knew about BrickLink. BrickLink.com is a, is a site that sells individual Legos for years, but I didn't know that maybe that's because Lego wasn't doing it originally. Maybe. And I think it's individual people selling them. Um, and and I didn't know that Lego was doing it. So that's awesome. That's better to go directly to Lego because you'd think that they'd have every single thing possible. <laughs> And I don't know if that's the case, if they have every single thing yeah, possible. Yeah, that's true. But they do have a lot of things. Like if your little minifig lost his legs, you can get new legs for 45 cents. Or if he lost his hat, you can get a new hat for 20 cents. You know, things like that. Um, cool. It's just, and, and like all the little things that they have, like their little shields and their axes and their picks and all of that stuff, uh, mm -hmm. pots and pans. And anyways, uh, it's awesome. And I highly recommend it for anybody who has a, a fan of Lego because, you know, you miss, you lose one little piece and that's it. It's the end of the world. Well, now yeah, you yeah. Don't have to be. But do warn your children that it does take quite a while for the stuff to come in. Oh, does it? Um, it does, yeah, um, because of the fact that it's hand-pulled and picked and shipped. Um, yeah. It takes a while for it to come in, but um, I think completely All worth, worth it. it. <laughs> yep. So that is uh, my link of the week. And oh. now we'd like to do some listener recognition. So from iTunes, we have a review posted by Four in the Woods who said, Loved the interview with Julie Bogart of Brave Writer. What a find. Thank you so much. I will be referring this writing program to others. As always, thanks for all the work you put into your podcasts. Thank, thank you. you. That was nice. Very, very nice. Thank you very much. So I think that was everything. I think so. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. 
for links to resources shared in this episode. And if you notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And you can find the show notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 61. And while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or a voicemail and let us know if you have any ideas for show topics, show topics or guests. Well, goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. and Come back and take a break with us again next time. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Posted a review that said, loved the interview with Julie Bogart of Brave Rodder. Right. <laughs> in this episode, the moms catch you up on what they've been doing lately and share three new day in the life interviews, including one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not only did Skype cut out on you, but somebody sneezed in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I face Paul, because he's right in the middle. I have to say that you guys took me from this place where I wasn't sure I could homeschool. I wasn't sure I could do it. I started listening to your show and I felt like I can do this. And it just Aww. took me to a different place. And so I'm really grateful to you guys. Oh, see, that's exactly why we do the show. This is the, <laughs> That's like the whole purpose is like to make it real, to make it be like, you know, this is doable. You got this. Yeah, that's definitely was for me. So if we can do me. this, we can stumble our way through this. Anybody can. <laughs> <laughs>